Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I saw the light. I saw the light. No sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. What he mean? Murder. And why am I talking to somebody from homicide? I appreciate it, sir, but uh, my ears popping in an elevator. As a matter of fact, I don't even like being this tall. You know, I'm very happy you told me that. Why is that? Well, you know, that's what started your brother-in-law thinking that you had something to do with murdering your sister. to Columpod, my wife's kid brother's favourite podcast about LA's greatest detective. This week we'll be seeing the light, making sure we have Johnny Cash for sexy parties and deploying our white shoots in order to establish our innocence. Yes, it's Swan Song <laughs> and joining me to stash things in our logs is comedian Steve Hall. Hello Steve. Hello. Good to, good to hear your voice. It's good to hear you as well. Yeah, a voice from the past. Yeah, it's been. I realise it's been a while now since we've done one of these. A couple of years, I think. Well, you've like been incessantly touring for about two years. Yes. Yeah. And um, and I'm currently, in fact, about literally tomorrow. I'm back on tour with uh, with Russell Howard. Oh. I'm only doing a th- I'm doing a third of them. I'm doing a third of the support slots. Do you? Is it just you as the support, or is it a couple of you? Uh, there's so it gets split between this this tour is between me Steve Williams and Andrew Bird wow so uh, you know finally some heterosexual white men are getting a chance it's about bloody time bored of all this it's a, I, I hope you don't do any woke material though I've, I mean he, heaven forfend <laughs> um, I, I should mention it if, if anybody wants to check out Steve's material I would highly recommend uh, watching the video you did about the uh, Kermit painting the painting of oh, your yeah, baby. Oh yeah, that's my favourite bit. Yeah, I love that. It's very good. I've I've only allowed at the moment. There's not much of of. There's that on YouTube, and there's mm. one 
from a long time before that I fucking hate. Oh, right. Uh, because um, it was the first ever... And this is just whinging about things from mm, 2009. Mm, mm. But it was it was the first... I was the first ever stand-up on doing the extra bit on um, Russell Howard's Good News. Right. And so you weren't allowed in the edit. And because the audience didn't have a clue who the fuck I was, mm. I, I did like an audience warm-up bit before I got into my material. So I got them to shout out their favourite swear word. Mm. And I'd specifically said to the people, don't put this in the finished recording. <laughs> this, is, this is not... This is like because the crowd had had three hours of Russ. Mm. And they were like, who's this ugly Jew who's just walked on stage <laughs> and um uh and so it was do- it was done to like ease them into it being a stand-up bit so it should not have made the broadcast so you're basically being and, Simon uh, Bates the following will have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. and uh it yeah it's it, it, I wish if if I could persuade all of YouTube to uh to just tune in four minutes into the bit it would be way better yeah yeah well, well, when so, you so- Sorry, someone on someone on Reddit described the the Muppets bit, which I'm very proud oh, of. I love that. Uh, an an angry man on Reddit described that he saw me at uh, a music festival. He said it was just a man swearing at a painting. It effectively <laughs> is, but it's a bit more to I, it. Than I, that. I love the idea that that if you could just do a routine, just going up to the Mona Lisa, going "You inscrutable bitch." <laughs> well, you wouldn't know how she reacts because her face has got many expressions without showing. Exactly. exactly. Um, so Columbo then. Yes. Tell me about your history with Colombo. Well, it's fascinating that you, because I I got you to suggest one. Yes. And it was by complete coincidence the one that you suggested was the one that was most imprinted on my memory. That, mm. that we're we're of a a similar generation, yeah. and so it, it's kind of part of our collective unconscious uh, that we all were exposed to an awful lot of it. Yeah. Uh, and. It's it's one of those things that as time goes by, you realise a it was really good, mm. uh, and that b Peter Falk is just one of the coolest people in cinematic history. He really is. I I'd put him down as the coolest man with one eye since Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> was he Cyclops? He was in Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah he and was then went cool. on to went on to be in Biker Grove. That's right. <laughs> Cyclops famously he put Jason and his Argonauts in the cave, went out. And then came back and he said, just one more thing. I'm going to cook you and eat you in a bit. Um, but enough about him. It's, uh, mm. Well, it's funny because I'm having listened to uh, other uh, other episodes of, of Columpod, mm-hmm. a lot of the guests you've had on know way, way more than I do. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I've sort of picked, I've watched a few of them over the years. I, 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 I don't think I'd ever, until recently, I hadn't known that Spielberg had directed that first episode. Mm. Uh, and so I'd rewatched that, because, you know, with that knowledge. Hmm. Uh, and, and there's a few of them I'd sort of half remembered, and then when I've watched them again, I've given up quite quickly because they weren't as good as I remember. Yeah, but I think this is a particularly strong period. This is with season three. Yeah, yeah. So it's the, really... the the other thing the other thing with Columbo is hmm. is that again, this is a generational thing. When I was first doing stand up, hmm. it felt like there were endless comedians doing shit observational stand-up about it was Columbo and Steve Irwin sometimes both in the same routine but it would be things along the lines of hey you know who we should get to find those weapons of mass destruction (laughs) Columbo gee sedam my wife's a big fan of yours and and, and all of those things yeah but it it felt like there were certain nights where you could see uh, you could see more than one comedian do the same shtick on the same night I think you should bring it back but make it about PPE 
(laughs) (laughs) Really (laughs) hard-hitting satire. My wife's a big fan of Boris Johnson. And then everyone, wait for everyone to boo. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Um, Right, so Swan Song then. Yes. Now, what makes this episode amazing is that not only is Johnny Cash the baddie, but he's great. Mm. Because you expect he's going to be terrible because he's not an actor, but he's brilliant. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. It was. Were you a? Are you a fan of the Man in Black? I'm. I'm. You know. I not really. No. I mean, I like a couple of his songs. I used to be in like a function band, and we used to have to play a few Johnny Cash numbers. So I was aware of them through that. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I wasn't a big fan. I liked his. you know that album he did when he knew he was going to cark it, so he just did a load of acoustic covers of things he liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, although his um, Hold a Chicken in the Air, Stick a Deck Chub, you know, is just, <laughs> just haunting <laughs> at that speed. Hold a chicken in the air, stick a deck chub up your nose, feel the grip of death. There you go. Mourn your late wife. Beautiful, beautiful song. I, it's funny because I'd, I'd sort of first become aware of him there was a there was an era where loads of films put ring of fire in their soundtrack yeah in the 90s and then i remember buying like a little cassette from from the record and tape exchange in camden Mm. and because so many of his jokes so so many of his songs play out like jokes where there's a really good punchline yeah so i sort of loved him for that for like it's a 48 49 50 51 52 53 that that, that one piece at a time yeah about what 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 model of car it is Mm. And then I think the first thing of his I'd bought was the um, the Love God and Murder mm. compilation CD. So so there were three different CDs: one with his songs about love, one with religious songs, and one with murder songs. Mm. And the CD about love, the uh, the liner notes were written by Johnny Cash himself. Mm. The uh, uh, the CD about murder, the liner notes were written by Quentin Tarantino. Of course. And the uh, the CD about God, the liner notes were written by Bono. Oh my god! <laughs> really, it was like snap, crackle, and cunt. <laughs> god, god, I'd love one day someone to have some sort of cultural autopsy about Bono and just go, "What happened? Why? How did that all work?" Yeah, yeah, some weird collective hypnosis that yeah. kicked in. The other, I've got because I've sort of picked up a few Johnny Cash vinyl things over the years. Mm. There's one my favourite. There's a live album that he records at the London Palladium. It's mm. called and the, the album's called Strawberry Cake, right. and it's, it's done something like 1975. And it is such a fascinating cultural moment where, and it's it's included on the recording midway through. Um, uh, you hear a, a a posh English voice interrupt the gig because the IRA have phoned in a bomb hoax. Oh right, okay. And it's yeah. amazing that it keeps it on. And then and then June. June Cash does a lovely callback to it later where she basically confesses she was nervous whether someone might phone in another hoax to stop her singing. She was going to sing Come Out Your Black and Tans, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Johnny Cash song I liked the most was the um, the one at the beginning of the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, is that The Man Comes Around? Yes. Is that? Yeah, yeah. That's very good. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. 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 But he's great, and he's good in this because he's playing a guy called Tommy Brown. It's, this is the it's, no. Cause watching this, there was. Did every episode have the synopsis, or, or is that just Amazon? Because I watched it on Amazon Freebie. Oh, you mean like a brief little? This is what's going to happen in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A great deal of them did. Even later on, you got the little. Hi, I'm Peter Falk, and here's this episode, Columbo. 
Ah, I see. Right. Yeah. So they give you a little pre-see of what you're about to see. Yeah, so you get a little, a little amuse bouche of what you're about to see. Yeah, which and you, it's interesting. Obviously, he's playing, he the he's playing Tommy Brown, and you see you see the band name Tommy Brown and the Lost Soul Crusaders, oh. which as a ba- as a name and a band name really doesn't prepare you for quite how white. Yeah, they are going to be. Yeah, Tommy Brown and the Lost Soul Crusaders. You're expecting some sort of gospel, altogether funkier than yeah. what you get. You get a load of people. You get a load of young girls. And two yeah. middle-aged people, and they're all dressed in white smocks. Yeah, it's sort of like Rolf Harris's take on the polyphonic spree. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's only got one song, bless him. Yeah. He must be just like Ralph McTell. <laughs> Every time he goes to say, play something else, everyone's like, no, I saw the light. Yeah, just just that non-stop. I mean, he, he does... There's like... a real feat. Hmm. Sorry, you go. No, I was just going to say it's hardly Nirvana at Reading. <laughs> it's 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 fascinating shot because there's to be there's there's a lovely bit because one of the things they're keen to get across it throughout the whole episode mm. is that is that he may be a murderer but he's still a polite southern gentleman that's right so there's lots of friendly interactions like how's the box office going for tonight and the valet's all sold out so that's great because mm-hmm. uh, obviously the valet who does the car parking is the person to speak to about yeah how it's sold yeah and also how old, how old are you how old is your daughter is she uh, under 12 i'd be interested <laughs> yeah. in taking her out for a date it's surprisingly dark that yeah. element to it the fact that he's uh, given that he, they are keen to present him as this polite southern gentleman yeah. and yet they really the seediness of, of him being a a, a, a no holds barred groomer. Yeah, he is basically a glitter. <laughs> I don't mean like Aaron glitter. I just mean a southern <laughs> glitter. Um, but he's he's playing his gig, and then he goes backstage, and a young girl comes up to him as he's about to go backstage. He goes, "Will you kiss me, Tommy, please?" And he's about to, and then he looks up at his wife Edna, who's a bit of a battle axe, yeah. and he's like, "No, I better not." Yeah, he says maybe later. Yeah, what he should say is no. You're clearly about nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Like, like as as responses go to not land yourself in trouble, (laughs) maybe later is not a good one. Well, it's not because the shots. I was fascinated by the the picture. The shots of the gig itself Mm. were fascinating because they were obviously cutting in. Yeah, genuine footage of of audiences mm. and it's one of those little cultural things where you you briefly see what audiences actually look like in that era yeah and it's fascinating that for the for the early 70s it still looks like it could be 1955 there's yeah. like some massive arms really fat american arms lots of weird spectacles some incredibly bad haircuts yes and it's the sort of thing you normally only see people who look like that in documentaries about serial killers of the time mm. Mm. Or, or someone's mate from seven up yeah, yeah. Like 14 up or whatever <laughs> it was i think it's gonna be a shopkeeper that sort of thing um yeah so they go backstage but it's, it reminded me of mm. like it reminded me of american movie like like those those oh, bits yeah. that it that accidentally perfectly capture america oh. and it's weird just those really brief shots are it's like a bit of america unwittingly perfectly captured yeah yeah. And then I'm fascinated with the way he then plays the gig as well because he's doing because like the, the the shot matching of it he looks like he's playing a much smaller venue in the close-ups of him. Mm. Uh, and when he's singing, I saw the light. He does this weird thing with his right arm, and it's like he's either trying to flick snot off his hand, mm. 
or he's miming fisting a cow while singing I Saw the Light. I think he's thinking about that girl who wanted a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's warming himself up. <laughs> this is my... Got to get the fingering hand ready. <laughs> you don't want to get that weird pain you get under your thumb. <laughs> get it ready. Um, so he goes backstage. It turns out that they're doing this tour because his wife Edna wants to raise five million dollars to build a tabernacle. Yes, and Tommy never really expand. I, I very rarely hear the word tabernacle. No, no. But they, they lean into it quite a lot. They do. I like the fact that his wife's name is. It's a nice little pun. For, for nobody's amusement because they don't really lean into it in the, mm. in the episode but the fact that her name is Edna Basket mm. as, Edna as Basket. in head head yeah. in a basket but it's like a, a nice little pun that's like you wonder I wonder what I mean presumably they know what they're doing with that but it's yeah. it's never really addressed directly and I didn't know I, Ida Lupino who, who's playing the wife she's yeah. a fascinating like just having googled her mm. Because I'd want, I was wondering if she was any relation to the Lupino, the musical performers, and in, and indeed she was. Mm. Um, wow! But she was like she directed the first. She's the first woman to have directed a film noir. Bloody hell! And uh, she was a director in her own right. And uh, Martin Scorsese apparently says that her films are absolutely essential. Wow! Uh, and she's there's a film she's directed. She 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 had. Uh, uh, had survived polio, and there's a film she made called Never Fear that, I've, that I'm, is now on my list to see. Bloody that yeah. is about someone with polio, and obviously directed by someone who had survived it. Mm. So uh, she's a, and obviously in in this she's just playing a, a matronly prude. Yeah, uh, but she sounds she sounds amazing. Yeah, I think she's been in another Columbo episode as well, playing something. Oh else. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think this is her first, or maybe this is her first rodeo, but she's in it again. Um, right, someone will yeah. write in and tell me I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> so she wants to build a tabernacle. Uh, Tommy's not so keen because he talks about how uh, his contemporaries are all riding around on sports cars. And yeah, he's few, and he doesn't even own a car. He hasn't got a car. Uh, but he has got... Um, which, 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 has got to, which has got to get in the way of his paedophilic grooming. Oh, it must do. You can't do that on a, cho- on a chopper. Well, you suppose you can. Clunk, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, click every trip. Um and while this is all going on and he's having his argument with Edna, he then storms back into his dressing room and he puts a parachute into like a big a big sort of document suitcase and and then puts some drugs into a thermos of coffee. I can't I can't call him it the whole time I mean, he's obviously Tommy Brown, yeah. but in the whole thing he's just Johnny Cash Johnny in my head Cash. the whole time. Yeah. They should have called him um Billy Pennies <laughs> <laughs> or Larry Lira. <laughs> <laughs> or, or That's the, uh, Charlie Check. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so he asked to speak to Edna alone. She's like, no, 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 you, you can speak to me with this young girl that you've just recently groomed. He says, I'll yeah, tell which you what. Is, which, again, is as, as a weird move to sort yeah. of go, this girl is probably traumatised by your presence. Mm. Uh, let's, let's put you in a small room with her. <laughs> he says, how about we split the money down the middle? You have 2.5 million and go and start building your tabernacle and I'll have the rest to spend on sports car and young women. She says, oh, no, I got you out of jail. You owe me. That's the reason you married me. And he says, look, I've been really faithful and good. Let me out of the deal. And she won't. And he goes, well, just remember, I tried to sort this out peacefully. Yeah. Because they they really give her some, like she, because the bloke who wrote the screenwriter of this 
goes on to do things like The Firm. Oh, wow. And um, uh, and uh, Death Watch, the Harvey Keitel. Oh, yeah. Gen- genuinely really good film. Mm. And and the, and some of the things they give, some of the lines they give Edna Basket, which is going, you are a lustful sinner. Mm. You were going to kiss that lost child. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and 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 when she's been speaking to the promoter, she says, "I don't hold with profanity. Mm. Hell and damnation are not words to be taken lightly." Yeah, and then she just jumps out saying that when he was dating Mary Marianne, she's called, although he was probably in his late thirties, early forties, she was sixteen, and then she just goes that statutory rape. Yeah, it's surprising. Like there was a genuine surprise, like watching that. I, when they actually say those words, you yeah. know, it's being sort of hinted at. Mm. And then when, when she directly says it, it's still quite a moment for for an episode that's nearly 50 years old. Yeah. And she says that you stick to the deal or I'll get make sure you go back to jail. And then he says to her, you're a sanctimonious hypocrite of a Bible-spouting blackmailer and I've given you your last chance to be fair. Yeah. it's such, And, and that's, that's one of those first moments where you kind of go, oh, he's nailing this. Cash oh. is, is bang. Like, he really... It's obviously a really well-written line, but he, but he really delivers it with zest. Yeah. Yeah. So then he, he comes up with, with his plan. He tells Edna that they're going to have to fly later because there's bad weather. So he's going to catch some shut-eye. And then yes. she goes, oh, if you're just going to go back and kiss that girl that you wouldn't kiss earlier, you can forget it. And he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to have a sleep and prob- not one out, probably. <laughs> I won't think about her. I'll think about you. I'm going to work on my tabernacle. <laughs> Five million dollars worth. <laughs> um, so then they go to the Bakersfield Airport, where he's going to fly. Oh, he makes Luke, who's like I think he's Edna's brother, and he's Edna's brother, and he's like yeah, the road yeah, Luke Basket, yeah. Luke Basket. Take my guitar because um, I don't want to take it on the plane. Um, so then they go to the airport. They get in the airplane, and he brings a little pot of coffee and a suitcase. Yeah, and this is another bit where mm. we've seen him interacting with the mechanic, and mm. again, it's this bit where like we show, we we see what a nice guy he is. Mm. He may be about to commit double homicide, but he's going to sort out the mechanic uh, free tickets the next time he plays Bakersfield. That's right. Yeah, and gives him a little five dollar tip. Not like that. Doesn't give him his <laughs> tip. I was wondering if this was Buddy Holly's plan all along. He was going to jump out. Before it crashed, <laughs> uh, and then just to take the big bopper add something on him. <laughs> I think the big bopper adds something on anybody. Everybody, he has his <laughs> Chantilly lace all over the place. <laughs> I was reading about the Buddy Holly accident, and I read that um, when they found Buddy Holly's body, his scrotum had been severed. Jesus, yeah, fucking Peggy Sue. I, I mean, that's awful. But at the same time, <laughs> given his voice, yeah, what his voice was capable of, yeah, horrible, yeah. But also, like he's died. That's, that is someone going to unnecessary detail. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Given that he's just been in a in a in a plane crash. Go. Uh, that's like a really weird uh, mortician going. Uh, uh, yeah, he's clearly dead from uh, you know blunt force impact in a plane crash. But I need to look at his testicles. <laughs> it's just it's just a thing I do. I, if I don't, and someone says, "Did you see them?" I'll have to say I didn't look, and they'll and that's it. I won't be able to try again. <laughs> and yeah, they were severed. Um, so then they're flying along the plane, and then he tells the other girls in the back, "Ah, the heater's burst. So why don't you drink some coffee?" Because they complain about being cold. And, and, and he then, really, there are certain words that Johnny Cash says really well. And co- coffee, coffee, yeah. Tommy, 
We are cold. Heater's busted. I got some coffee here. Hot coffee. She says it tastes awful, but it's better than nothing. Yeah, she's still. I love. She's still. She's still being a bitch to him. She's still yeah. treating. And then when he's satisfied, they're asleep. He chucks the thermos out. There's some great um, wobbling a plane, throwing dry ice by the side of the plane for the flying bits. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy that. <laughs> he chucks out the coffee, and then he gets his parachute, which I'm not really sure how this works. It seems like he just puts some string over his shoulder. Uh, but it, yeah, yeah. Hmm. But it works because yeah, it's he very much. It, it's very much like the way I would get my kids ready for, for World Book Day. Yes. You're going as D.B. Cooper. What? <laughs> yeah. um, so he jumps out. And mm. and obviously this is one of the key bits in terms of where the plot falls down. Mm. Uh, the, the ridiculousness of him being able to land his parachute this near to a plane. Yeah, that's, that's uh, carrying on without him. Yeah. Yeah. That it wouldn't carry on for another five or ten miles before crashing. Yeah. God, imagine if it had fallen on a crash. It's <laughs> thinking about, is it? Um, so the plane crashes, Tommy crashes near it, and he hears a car coming. So he hur- he's broken his ankle as well in the in the fall. So he hurriedly tucks his white shoe in a log. We've all done that, lads, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it when I wrote it down. Um, and then flings himself near to the site and pretends to be unconscious. Oh, that's it. I'm sure, well, I'd forgotten I'd written that note that when he sees the car coming, mm. I'd written, uh, praise the Lord, he saw the headlights. Oh, brilliant. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, so then we cut to the next morning. And Columbo turns up 
to investigate the scene of the accident. It's always a blessing when he turns up, because if, particularly if it's sometimes a, a extended murder plot. It's always yeah, because it's something like thirty-eight minutes in yeah. before before we actually see him. Yeah, and he's just brilliant. He's so good. And this is a lovely one because he disrupts that TV interview with Mr. Pangborn. He does. He does clowning so well. Oh, so like good. there's a couple of bits of clowning where he's just 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 him root like because there's obviously the TV crew that are interviewing Mr. Pangborn, the uh, the safety inspector. Hmm. I think I think we should get. Peter Falk to do this in the background of pornography. <laughs> just, I mean, it's not even mentioned. He's just sort of clout. He's just sort of picking up like an, an ashtray and having a look at it while someone's being rimmed. <laughs> he's, he's sort of, you know, checking the watch against his, the clock and then resetting the clock. That'd be perfect. And, I mean, certainly, certainly, my wife's a big fan of yours. Would uh, <laughs> n- never be more apposite. <laughs> Um, but he starts noticing things that Pangborn hasn't seen and he's also asked why he's there and he says they've received a complaint from Edna's family who we later found out is Luke yes um, and um, we, we we find out that according to Tommy's statement the plane's electrics shorted out and there were bad weather conditions and the, the, the bloke playing Mr Pangborn mm. I don't know how you say his name John Dana or Denner because mm. uh, they, they have right, I, the business they have together is quite nice but he, yeah. he's quite a career He'd been an animator for Disney earlier in his life, he, and he'd, he'd done animation. He'd worked on Fantasia. Bloody hell! So, so it's a really interesting career that he's got there. Amazing. And that's is that a toupee as well? Do we think? I presume it is. Mm, looks like a toupee. I also I like the fact that he he um, when the, uh, Columbo's first in the background, because I've never heard it called heard it called this before. That mm. he sort of says, "Oh, curiosity seekers." Yeah. And I've never heard heard that sort of rubbernecking described as curiosity seekers before. Yeah. So then he, Pangborn goes, well, Tommy was lucky to be alive. I mean, survival stories like this aren't unheard of, but, you know, it's amazing. And usually you'd think it would be booze or something, but his blood test came up negative for everything. And then Columbo just goes, that's weird that his seatbelt isn't done up and there's his. And he's like, oh, I didn't notice that. And some <laughs> investigator you are. Probably too busy drawing, drawing Mickey Mouse in a broom. <laughs> <laughs> so then Columbo finds this big suitcase and he goes, what's this? And he goes, that's the navigation kit. And he says, oh, there's, there's no ashes in there. There's a couple of lines in that uh, exchange because the Mr. Pangborn has taken a... Sh- he's ta- obviously taken, takes a shine to Columbo. Yeah. And there's a bit of swapping of praise. Oh, yeah. And uh, and this is where Columbo gets some really nice Columbo lines where he's he's sort of saying you'd be you'd be a good accident investigator. Oh God, yeah, that's great. And Columbo says, "Yeah, my my ears pop in an elevator." As a matter of fact, I don't even like being this tall. <laughs> and they're such good little Columboisms. Mm. So good. So then he goes to the funeral home, and the funeral guy there is trying to sell him a funeral. And again, and there, I was reading somewhere that it was suggested that because obviously when they when they extend the episodes to mm. the feature length ones, sometimes that it, it's slightly you can sometimes feel it being dragged out. Yeah. So every now and then there's some business that goes on a little bit too long, or there's quite a bit of like uh, phone calls where there's kind of fifteen seconds of like no, hello, no, me, no, oh, no. Mm. and you're thinking is that. It's that so that they can get it to the 90 minutes. Yeah, this definitely feels like that because it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. He just basically And it's it. all, and, it, and I, th- I think it's meant to be funny. Yeah. But it isn't massively funny. No. The uh, Because the bloke playing the funeral director, 
Vito Scotti. He's in um, he's in The Godfather in a small role. Hmm. Uh, so so he's got he's got acting chops. Hmm. But it, but it's kind of it's weird in this little slapsticky way. It reminds me it actually reminds me of the scene with Larry Miller and Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. Yeah, where he's drumming up trade, while while also like exaggeratedly offering him an ashtray for his cigar. <laughs> and Columbo, it's basically Columbo's trying to get rid of a charity mugger. The way the way they're doing it, where he's like, oh, my wife does all the shopping. Mm. She cries easily. She she cries when she loses at bowling. <laughs> <laughs> And and they give they give the the mortician the funeral director quite a nice way where he he says have you made plans for your own departure from this mortal sphere? <laughs> so there there is no, it, there is fun to be had, but it's just you can just feel it being dragged out a bit. Yeah, definitely. But he's there to meet Luke, uh, and Luke comes yes. out and says, "Well, Tommy killed my, Tommy killed my sister. He hated her. He she had stuff on him. He definitely did it." And then he says, "I want you to go to I want you to go to Tommy's house now. He's rented a new gaff. I want you to go around go around there now and see what kind of person he is." <laughs> so they go there, and, and he's um, having a sexy party. Yeah. Now, so so Luke Basket is played by an actor called Bill McKinney, hmm. uh, who whose most famous role is one of the sadistic mountain men in Deliverance. Oh right, yeah. Uh, but there's a thing. I think he died about just over ten years ago, hmm. and there's a Facebook message uh, that his family put up when he when he passed away. Right. And uh, there's this um, there's, the gear shift in what I'm about to read is, okay. is fascinating. Okay. So they say uh, when he passes away, they say today our dear Bill McKinney passed away at Valley Presbyterian Hospice, an avid smoker for 25 years of his younger life. He died of cancer of the esophagus. He was 80 and still strong enough to have filmed a Doritos commercial two weeks prior to his passing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how he would like to be remembered. That's it. Yeah, that was his most famous role. <laughs> At least he didn't bum Ned Beatty. Yeah, yeah, unless I mean that's unless that's the most disturbing Doritos advert of all time. <laughs> At least it wasn't an M and M's one. He'd be bumming one of those M and M's in the woods, <laughs> yeah. starting a culture war. <laughs> oh, I like this though because when when they turn up at the the house and he's singing another sexy song and with all the skimpy bikini ladies, yes, um, Columbo's like, oh, what's 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 because the, there's like there's this catering tray. And he goes, well, what's that? And uh, Luke goes, it's chilli. And he goes, oh, do you mind if I have some? Because as we know, Columbo loves chilli. It's his favourite food. Chilli and crackers. So he helps <laughs> himself to a bowl of chilli and he starts eating and goes, ah, tastes a little funny, this chilli. And then Luke goes, ah, oh, it's, uh, it's an amazing secret squirrel chilli. And then he just puts <laughs> the spoon down and goes, ah, that'll explain it. Just love it. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's, and again, that perfect comic timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, just that, yeah. It's made it made out of squirrel meat. That's good, isn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing because obviously the, there's bikini clad women. His mm. the, Johnny Cash's bass player is wearing what <clears throat> looks like a two piece denim suit. Yes, uh, and it looks fucking amazing. Amazing. They all look like the people you see walking behind Elvis. You know the Memphis Mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they're all wearing those really bad like suits that you get from like you know like Gangsters or Us in the 1970s. <laughs> all, all the like background actors from Goodfellas or Casino, um, but yeah, they looked re- remarkable. Some of them have got like cr- crazy balding long hair thing that the Grumbleweeds used to have. Love it. The Grumbleweeds don't get mentioned in the same breath <laughs> as Johnny Cash anywhere near. <laughs> Never. Enough. They should do though. They were musicians as well. 
they have that song. I do what I want. And I do what I do. do, 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 do. Great stuff. Was also, I think I'm, I'm realizing that I heard the name Grumbleweed before mm. I'd ever heard of Tumbleweed. <clears throat> yeah. In fact, I've just made that connection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, they, they, were, they were a great act. They were absolutely amazing. They weren't. They were dogs. Yeah, well, it was. They were one of those things before, you, like. It was like there comes a point where you sort of went like again of our age where we suddenly went, hang on, mm. oh the these are crap. Yes, absolutely. But there was almost a moment of you, you we'd been spoon fed it, and it was like, oh no, this is objectively terrible. Yeah, I had that with that and copycats, which I keep <laughs> pasting on Twitter. I can't help it, but I'm just fascinated by how bad it was, and you know, you know how hard it is to get stuff on telly now. What the fuck was going <laughs> on then? Yeah, I mean, I, I, my worry is that uh, people with the same, say the same thing about we are clang my old sketch show. We go, we, we, uh, we thought it was good, and then we watched two seconds of it. And no, we realised we were wrong. That's incorrect. I, I enjoyed we are clang. So there you go. Bless your heart. Oh, you're I welcome. feel, I feel like I, I feel like I went in search of that reassurance there. <laughs> you got it. I'm very much your Wilson <laughs> when you're lost at sea. <laughs> um, but Luke can't help himself. He runs over and thumps Johnny Cash in the face. I, I, I re and again, he, he does, Bill McKinney acts this really well, mm. where he's like Columbo's repeatedly tried to get him to calm down, mm. and he's promised he's not going to misbehave, <laughs> and then he immediately punches him in the face. It's because he was eating his Doritos. <laughs> yeah. And again, this is a weird in terms of like uh, Johnny Cash has, has planned the most. Per he's tried to plan the perfect murder, mm. but hasn't thought to himself. Maybe if I have a, che a really cheerful party with yeah. a load of women in bikinis afterwards, yeah. that's not a good look. Not a good look, really. But he also delivers a great line here because when Columbo introduces himself, he says he's from Homicide, and he goes, Homicide! Yeah. I really enjoyed that. He says, it's just an accident. Yeah, he, he delivers it like uh, Lady Bracknell saying, a handbag. Mm, he does. A homicide. Yeah. And I love, this is the first time when we, when we see uh, Columbo and Johnny Cash talking, oh. uh, the way it's shot, the the size difference between mm. the two of them reminds me of Gandalf talking to Frodo. Because <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Cash, big fella. He's yeah, yeah you know, he's a sizable old. Yeah, he's fucking real deep south man. You wouldn't mess with him, and, uh, and obviously yeah. But it, it really, I to the point where I'm wondering if. Um, if it's been delivered, because obviously we've not talked about this yet, that th this episode's directed by Nicholas Colasanto, mm. uh, coach from Cheers. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I, it was one of those things like, that, again, we're of a similar age. I presume you'd have had the same thing where when I was first aware of Cheers, mm. it was in the later series mm. when I was growing up. And so, it, so mm. I'd only, in, in the last, at some point in the last 15 years, my wife and I, watched cheers from from series one yeah and nicholas colasanto playing coach it's one of the great comedy performances it is yeah. he is absolutely brilliant yeah just the comic timing it's just sensational so the first time I, and this is one of the reasons i was aware of this episode as well was knowing that the guy who went on to play coach in cheers had also directed episodes of columbo it's insane isn't it also the first man and so i'd wondered whether i'd wondered whether that 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 shot where they're really playing into the size difference mm. that felt like that felt like a, a very good director uh, you know finding the right angle to really emphasize that to get a laugh out of it yeah absolutely and also he's not the first man to die and then receive a woody 
I'm, I'm having a sip of coffee in, in response to that. That's excellent. Because, <laughs> yeah, co- coach is only in like two seasons, isn't he? Is it two? Yeah, and then I, and then um, I think as he... I think he's in like this very brief scene in in like one of the in one cold open mm. in series three, and then um, and then they mention obviously that the character has passed away in real life. Yeah. Sorry, they mention the character has passed away in the show, which is weird because the, the the actor he he lived for another ten years. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do they do a nice little tribute to him in um, not in like the final that. episode of Cheers. <laughs> yeah. That would be disgusting. <laughs> yes, they do. They do in the, in the very final episode where there's like a because he apparently had a picture of Geronimo in his dressing room. Mm. And there's a scene in the final episode of Cheers where Ted Danson readjusts the uh, uh, the painting mm. of Geronimo, which is like having a but bath yeah. with your socks on. <laughs> <laughs> It was like having a bath with your socks on, but it never stopped me in no way. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, yeah, fine. Bloody hell. Uh. I mean, you have to... That's, uh, I, almost, I almost want that cultural reference to go unexplained to anyone below the age of 40. Yeah, here's a challenge. Hashtag Geronimo. Tell me what that's from. Uh, and you win a, you, You'll not win a prize, but you'll win respect. Um, I'm, I'm just more. I'm more pleased that you got it because it would have just died on the vine otherwise. And, <laughs> um, yeah. So the, as you say, they they go inside and have a chat, and uh, as usual, Columbo's got a few questions for him. Uh, he admits that him and Edna argued a lot about money, and that he wouldn't have minded having sort of you know the trinkets that come with fame, but he wasn't allowed them. Yes. And then Columbus, and we we mm. see them discuss his guitar, don't we? we mm. uh, but I didn't know that it's like because that's obviously Johnny Cash's real guitar, mm. and uh, apparently, apparently it, it was the first ever. It was like a Martin D thirty five, and it's apparently it's like literally the first ever black guitar wow. of that kind because that's what he wanted. But they 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 whoever ran the company didn't want them made in that color, so there was they, it was made for Johnny Cash in secret. Well, I never. Well, he he talks about how he had to unbuckle the seatbelt because he had to get the flashlight because the electrics went out and there were no lights. And that's when he lost control of the plane. He's got an answer for everything. He, he has. And the, the maps and charts from the nav kit must have got sucked out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but it is. Uh <laughs> And then he starts talking about, as you say, talk about how great his guitar is, and that he he, can't, he usually he, he he sent it to go on the bus with Luke uh, because he's worried about the pressure on the light airplane causing the glue to come apart. And apparently, this was the first time he'd sent the guitar off with Luke that, instead of taking it personally. Because he even says to him, he even admits himself, when I get a plane, I put the guitar in the seat next to me. And obviously, this is the thing that ma- has made Luke suspicious mm. in the first place: is yeah. him doing that. Mm. Because I hadn't watched an episode of Columbo for a while, so watching him, watching Columbo gear up mm. into the question answering, uh, question asking, I should say, mm. um, I, I realised watching it now, Columbo reminds me incredibly of the creature from It Follows. Yeah, I get that. Like that re- that relentlessness Relentless. mm. is, uh, uh, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch It Follows in the same way again. No, no. 
A seven foot seven Columbo coming behind that girl in the hallway. Yeah. That's one more question. Yeah, you're right because it's this. I mean, it's not so much in this. Johnny Cash gets annoyed with him, but he he kind of deals with it more in a charming way. But like some of the Robert mm. Culp episodes or um, any of the other ones where someone gets particularly angry, it is like he is not going to stop until they just say they did it. Yeah. Yeah, but he he goes to yeah, he, or, or yeah, I suppose he's also like the term. He's like the terminator. He's like the terminator. Yeah, he can't be reasoned with. <laughs> and at the end, when his hand is going in the lava, he picks his eyeball out and just waves it about. Instead <laughs> of a thumbs up, um, he takes a flight to Bakersfield Airport, and there's a great bit of comedy business here with him being airsick. Again, this is it's such good clowning. This <laughs> that that the hand when the way he shakes the hand of the pilot. Uh, and and when he's then talking to one of the uh, one of the crew uh, uh, in the aircraft hangar, he's still giving dirty looks to the pilot. It's amazing. Did you notice the first guy looked like um, Ron Jeremy? He did. He really did. <laughs> I was hoping he'd ejaculate on cue like he's supposed to be able to. And then he goes to meet um, the man at the airport, Jeff, who tells him about the night of the flight. Uh, he basically says there was nothing out of the ordinary. He even gave me $5 for his troubles and then just happens to mention, oh, by the way, he had a thermos of coffee with him, which he doesn't usually have. Yeah. Mm. And it's it's basically like every every item that we've seen, it's, it's, it's basically sort of the episode kind of mirrors itself that each individual item you've seen will get discussed at some point. Yeah. But back in L.A., Tommy is with a young girl called Tina, with a giant forehead, who looks like she's about eleven. Yes, she looks incredibly, and it's, again, the it's impressive how dark this is. Yeah, it's incredibly uncomfortable, and the thing, the things that he's saying to her, this is it's vintage grooming. Mm-hmm. It is. It's some of the. It's some, you know. It's some of the best grooming in the nineteen seventies. Yeah, and it has some stiff competition. It does. Yeah, bloody hell, they were queuing up to do it. It was like hacky sacking or skateboarding. It was a big craze back then. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he didn't wait till she was. He didn't buy her a Ferrari or uh, take her on his radio <laughs> yeah. show. But you know, it's up there. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so, and he, 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 yeah, he plays it so well. It's so sinister. Horrible. Uh, and yeah, and the, Edna and I didn't like, didn't love each other ever. Uh. She wouldn't let me do and then, this. And then, who do you know? When you, when you know, mm-hmm. it's the classic thing when mm-hmm. you're trying to groom mm-hmm. an impressionable teenager who turns up the bloody police. Bloody police, bloody do-gooders. <laughs> uh, so Columbo comes in as, and he's like, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake! I was just, I was just about to commit more statutory rape, and you've ruined it. Thanks very much." And he says, "I've got a question about a thermos," and he's like, "I'm not putting one of them." Oh, I see what you mean. Um, and he says, yeah, uh, I, I could, no one can find this thermos. We didn't know you were taking the thermos. And he goes, ah, what probably happened? I was thrown clear, yeah. Columbo's like, yeah. And he goes, well, that was that weighs less than me, so that was probably flo- f- thrown really clear. And he just, I love the way he goes, that that works, that'll do it, that'll do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he leaves and does the class, then does the classic. Oh, one more thing. Where did you learn to fly? And Johnny Cash does this bit so well, where every answer is met, he delivers it with a big chuckle. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, the, ca- 
the chemistry between them is mm. is brilliant, and it's yeah, it's really well done. And there's that little bit where they where they obviously they discover they've both served in the Korean War, mm. and uh, and there's a joke that I've googled to try and get it where where Johnny Cash says you were you were military police, you were an MP, military mm. police, yeah. and then Columbo says I was an MP, well KP mostly, mm. and I don't. Someone suggests that it's a joke that it might be. It might mean kitchen police. Right. I thought it meant a bag but of nuts. I... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I thought it might have meant like, um, yeah, some sort of domestic police, and that was the joke. But it's certainly a joke that you presume in the in the seventies, lots of people would have instantly got that joke. Yeah. And uh, probably not police. It is borderline indecipherable now. <laughs> Uh, and then Columbo's like, anyway, I'll be going now. And he's like, okay. And then he gets a call, Tommy, and he goes, oh yeah, by the way, you can um, stop building that tabernacle now. It's cancelled. Yeah. And he's just about to get on with his day. And then it turns out Columbo was standing there all along. And we don't know if he heard that or not, but it kind of is intimate. He thinks he did. Yeah. yeah. But then it turns out he already he already knew about it, Columbo. Yeah. Because yeah. the architect had already told him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So then we get another baffling scene with another great comedy performance where yeah. he goes to see Colonel Mayoff. Yes. And this is a point I must have paused at this point because mm. the, the Amazon menu had come up. Mm. And, and obviously some of the, some of the, the pictures of the actors, mm. it doesn't, it's not necessarily of them at the time. And yeah. so the picture of, of Peter Falk on the Amazon menu is of him later in life where he is so heavily tanned, mm. he looks more mahogany than David Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a camel's ball bag. It slightly takes you out because that's what. In fact, that's why I've paused it at that mm. point to look at the cast because the the guy playing the colonel, mm. I knew it was one of those. Where do I know him from? Yeah, John Randolph, the actor, um, and he because he's the original Frank Costanza in Seinfeld before oh. um, before Jerry Stiller takes over. Yeah, and he's also Clark Griswold Senior in National uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. So I think that was, in fact, yeah, my wife had recognised him from, he's in You've Got Mail as well. Okay, I haven't seen that. But yeah, and, and it's, this I, I enjoy, this one is less, it feels less annoying as a scene designed to increase the minutes because mm. he plays it, he plays it really well. He's got some good comedy bits about, you know, the phone bill. He keeps going on about how there might be important orders coming his way even though he's clearly not a man of influence in the army anymore. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoy that. And there's, that. there's a bit where he, um, when, when Columbo is explaining that Tommy Brown is a uh, country and western singer, hmm. before he says it's country and western, he says, I hope it's not that twist, degenerate. Yeah, when he's asking to keep it short, you never know when there might be an alert. Yeah. And then it's the fact that it's playing on his mind. It's, it's really for official business. Yeah, it's brilliant. But we find out that Tommy washed out as a cadet and he served as a parachute rigger. And that's the that's the big one. Yeah. Um, so and then Columbo... orders an autopsy, an autopsy. On, the, on Edna and Marianne. Yeah. Yeah, and then he then but goes into the studio where Tommy is listening to playback from a song, and guess which song it is? <laughs> I saw it's the light. So presumably, uh, they were trying to shift as many copies of this when this when when this episode was first broadcast. Yeah, and this is a re-record they're listening to from the previous evening, 
Well, they've got the, he's got the new singer, who's much better. And the engineer in the studio is played by Boss Hogg. Yes, it's it's such a weird because that's again shot at quite a comedy angle, mm. and because they never like you sort of can work out that it's the engineer, mm. um, but uh, but yeah, all the time you're thinking that's Boss Hog. Um, Colombo says that barbiturates were found in both women's systems. Yeah, this is where he where he's um he's sort of trying to he feels like he's struggling to come up with a good excuse because Colombo's saying their religion banned them taking it. Yeah. He's going, oh, no, they got air sick. Mm. Going, no, they were sleeping pills. Mm. Yeah. So then he goes, so Colombo next goes to see a seamstress at the Lost Soul Crusade. Yeah. And this woman's insane. Yeah. She's completely And again, insane. this is another bit of comp. This is another bit of padding. Yeah. I mean, quite literally, quite literally. being a seamstress. Yeah, because he could very well and have this, said the, later that he's been to see a seamstress and he's found this out, but they're filling time. Yeah. Because yeah. the woman playing uh, the seamstress, she's the wife of one of the executive producers. Right. So uh, it's jobs for the boys. She's Lorraine girls. garrying the joint up. <laughs> uh, and she gets annoyed with Columbo because mm. he's unrolling the fabric. That's right. And then she lets slip that the, she ordered three extra bolts of white nylon, which is 45 square yards of fabric. And she goes, I'll show you them in this <laughs> cupboard. And she opens the cupboard. They're gone. Naughty Johnny Cash. Yeah. So then he goes to see Pangborn again. Uh, and he's shown that a, you could easily fit a parachute in that navigational bag thing. And it's all beginning to come together. It's it's enough. To, was it? It's enough to make a slightly undersized parachute. Yes, right. Yeah, and he says that would an experienced jumper could still survive a faster landing if they were descending, although they might suffer a broken leg. Yes. And then he goes. It could be, could be the case with Tommy. And then Pangborn says, "Who could find it? You know, if uh, if the parachute was hidden somewhere, it'd have to be up there. Who could find it?" And then Columbo goes. Just one person, the guy who hid it. And so Columbo commences Operation Mindfuck. Yeah, he loves a good mindfuck. So he goes to see Tommy and tells him, well, we're closing the book on you. You haven't done anything wrong. But we are worried because of those barbiturates that someone might be trying to kill you. So yeah. we're going to send like the army and the Boy Scouts up to that mountain yeah, yeah. and we're going to find... And there's, a, there's another little, little joke in this when they're talking about... Because he's obviously commenting on how the arrangement has been changed preemptively. Hmm. To, almost like he knew that Marianne, who sang soprano, was going to be replaced by Tina, who sings contralto. Hmm. But, they, but while they're doing it, they, 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 the, his, the name of his arranger is given as Nick Solacanto. Ah. A play on the name of the director, Nick Colasanto. Cool. And there's a little joke where they go, he's Italian too. Mm. And it's it feels like such an in-joke mm. that that it's um I would love to know whether that was in the original script or whether they've put that in. That's you, coach. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then Tommy has a surprise of himself because he goes, Oh, that's good because um, I'm going on tour for months. Yeah. yeah. Lock up your daughters. Yeah, basically. America. I'm Going on the <laughs> pedo tour of the US. Yeah, I'm going shag tagging. <laughs> uh, and then Columbo's like, oh, right. And then he follows him to the airport because he doesn't quite believe he's going to get on this plane and go. And then sure enough, he watches him go through the little customs thing. And then he says, see you later. And he gets on the plane. But Columbo sees something, yeah. but he doesn't know what he's seen yet. 
and he goes outside looking really annoyed that this what this guy's going to get away with it and then the policeman yeah. that's with him goes oh i better phone in hq and uses some keys to unlock a box and then he's like the keys the keys <laughs> so then tommy drives at night up a twisting road up that mountain where he crashed on he gets the he goes into where that log was rolls it back over gets yeah. the parachute Re- remembers out. it remembers the tree yeah. with a precision that yeah. uh, he he should go on you bet as a man good at recognizing trees. <laughs> this episode is full of references that are way past their date. Yeah. <laughs> it's two men in their forties. <laughs> I mean, I often hello and you welcome bet, to but... mid forties. God, I wish they could bring back you bet now. They make a fortune. <laughs> Especially then, although more people have been diagnosed with sort of autism and Asperger's now, so it's probably not as fun. <laughs> yeah. In those days, you were just called uh, different. Um, so he goes and finds the parachute, um, and then he's bringing it down the hill, and suddenly the car lights that he's brought flash on. That's bloody Columbo waiting for him. And because and the last thing the last thing he said to Columbo when he's left him at the airport is, tell your wife hello for me, mm. which is the most perfect. Hey, Columbo, go fuck yourself. Yeah. It yeah. really feels like he's won mm. at that moment. So yeah. when he sees Columbo again, it, it's it's you can see, and again, really well acted. Like he's not, he, he you know he plays it like he genuinely thinks he's got away with it and cannot believe that Columbo's there. Yeah, he's perfect. He's perfect. And then he explains that what what he saw that he didn't realize he saw is that Tommy was taking the rental car keys with him. Why would you do that unless you were coming back by car? So then Tommy just goes, yeah, 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 right, I did it. And actually, I'm really glad you called me because it was getting on my tits. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't say that. But again, that feels like they're leaning into he's a Christian man and a good man. But yeah. his, it was on his conscience and he would have confessed. And then you get this beautiful last line when they get in the car to drive back and the radio comes on and it's that bloody song again. He, Columbo says to him, look, any man who can sing like that can't be all bad. Which I don't know is true. Yeah, I know. If if, if the police investigating R. Kelly were to say the same thing, <laughs> if that was if that was admissible in a court of law, mm. any man that can sing like that can't be all bad. Yeah. The, uh, the complexion of our culture over the last fifteen years would be very, very different. Very different. You'd get a despot just releasing single after single, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That's Swan Song. This was my favourite episode from memory, and and it remains so. It's one of my favourites. Um, yeah, I just it's really really good. I I found myself the the the. In fact, we talked about denim before. The Levi's jacket that that Johnny Cash oh, is wearing as he goes the to the airport oh. is magnificent. It's so good, and the collars are huge. Oh, it's beautiful. I wanted one. Uh, but Steve, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to talk about. Oh, just one thing. <laughs> my wife loves the television what's your favourite which we've you, we just, you just told me Columbo episode and your least favourite uh, yeah so this one's my favourite mm-hmm. it's funny because I, I was trying to I mean obviously there's so much and I know some of the other episodes have covered mm. uh, some of the other things Peter Falk's done because mm. Wings of Desire I, he makes Wings of Desire really enjoyable for me like I it's obviously a deeply pretentious in a good way, film. Yeah, and Columbo's uh, an angel, isn't he? Yeah, mm. and I, I absolutely love that. Love him in that. Mm. Um, 
and and my the one that this was in terms of an episode that I this is probably my least favorite but partly because I remembered it being good and then when I watched it again I found it quite dull hmm. was the the Cassavetes one Oh, it's uh, in, it, it, in black. Mm, yeah. Mm. And it's partly because I love, obviously, the, him and Cassavetes do a lot of stuff together. Mm. And Cassavetes is one of those fascinating things. Like, they're in, is it Mikey and Nicky? Yeah. Uh, the film. And it's like, it, directed by Elaine May. So, again, there's real pedigree to it. Mm. Um, and then the various things they've done, husbands and so on. And so I was really looking forward to like, oh, let's re let's watch that again now that I'm a bit more aware of John Cassavetti's stuff, mm. the various uh, genius, misogynistic, alcoholic messiah, mm. etc. Um, but your son was and in face off, again. so yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and then it was a bit boring mm. uh, watching it again. I sort of I I actually stopped watching it because I was a bit like, oh, I don't. This isn't as fun as I remember. So that's it's probably that one. But that's more because I remembered it being good. It's not necessary. Mm. There's lots of episodes that are probably worse that I've just never seen. Sure. But that was the one that when I revisited it, I was like, oh, that's a, not as good as I remember it. Did you see that video doing the rounds this week of Cassavetti's praising E.T.? I did not see that. Oh, I found oh, wow. it very interesting. He was talking about how good it was. And some of the films that are out now, the Steven Spielberg films in particular, where the actors perhaps may be secondary. How do you feel about that? Well, I don't know. I think they're, they're different. They're, they're totally different. Uh, I think that E.T. and Stevens Pictures is a marvelous movie. And I don't I don't think it's not about people. I think that's why it's successful. I think it is about people. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Unless he was talking about VD. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thanks very much, Steve. Thanks very much for being here. And oh, just one more question. <laughs> my wife's uncle is a big fan of modern television if Columbo was on now who would be your what would be your plot who would be the celebrity murderer and what would be the title of the episode okay so mm. I don't know if this has been done okay but, um, uh, I haven't thought I haven't got the exact plot points right so there are very there are different forms this could take mm. but it would be set in the cutthroat world of television mm. Uh, and there would be two celebrity rivals, and it would basically in in a sort of Noel Edmonds style. So, so it'd be mm. based on Noel Edmonds, right? But um, and so the person playing the murderer would either be uh, Michael Barrymore mm -hmm. or Les Dennis, right? Uh, who I think are both genuinely good. Well, one's actors, more well equipped so than the they, other. They, in terms of yeah, training. yeah, there is that. Is, it, it is a shame that 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 he carries that with him. Yeah, uh, we're talking about Les Dennis's murder of Dustin G. Of course, of course. yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but I, yeah, so it's a shame that Barrymore has that baggage because I think he would be quite good. Uh, but it would be something like they've got they're on another channel. They're on a channel and they have a popular show in the style of Noel's House Party, mm. let's say, or in the style of Ant and Dex Takeaway. Yeah. Um, and they are uh, going to try and kill their rival on the other channel. So it could even be that this is, you mentioned face-off, this could be Les Dennis versus Michael Barrymore. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Um, uh, and that he would, and so he sets them up, he murders them with a stunt that goes wrong, oh. possibly a sabotage bungee jump, mm. uh, uh, or possibly a poisoned bush tucker trial. Mm. Uh, and, uh, uh, but... 
Columbo is then suspicious. And so Columbo has, oh, in fact, that was the thing, that was another of the plots. It's possibly that the reason he's killing the person is that he's being blackmailed by them uh. because they have they have done a, a hidden prank camera, a hidden camera prank on them. But the uh, the hidden camera has captured them doing something ungodly. Right. It's based on, you know, there's that, it's, it's a fairly... Well, and that's the thing I always think that's a, for, there are many things you can criticise Chris Evans for but I remember watching that uh, and I think the reality that was Chris Evans was probably scratching his bollocks yeah. but then that gets reported as he was definitely masturbating yeah. but because um, he'd done comic relief and in fact remember when it cuts to Chris Evans on uh, on his sofa at home literally the first thing Chris Evans goes he just goes I'm so tired because mm. he'd been doing comic relief the night before yeah so, so I think that I, you know, but it becomes because he became a bit of a hateable figure. Hmm. Uh, I think he probably was just scratching his nuts or something like yeah. that. But you'll always get someone. Someone will go, "No, I saw it. I saw it. He was, you know, he was sticking a radish up his ass. He was a jettison. It it, it, yeah, it yeah. kind of built. It gets worse each time. Yeah. But so that, yeah. So it's starting off with that that they would have, they would have captured on a hidden camera prank. Mm. They've captured him doing something bad, and so that's the blackmail. And then that's why he's. Uh, um, attempting to uh, to murder them and then Columbo would capture them by setting up a secret camera himself oh, perfect yeah so we uh, uh but but yeah so so that's the vague the vague idea is set set in the world of television mm. and either using a sabotage bungee jump mm -hmm. again I've gone on a big historical journey yeah. with that one yeah. Yeah. uh or a poison bush tucker trial which surely must happen at some point must in the future do. And so the working titles, if if we went with the, the sabotage bungee jump, mm -hmm. um, it, the episode would be called uh, a, two, a, a Bird in the Hand is Worth Two, Michael Lush. <laughs> 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 and um, uh, if, it, if it went with just, uh, if it went with the other one, yeah. uh, a possibly more generic, less career ending title would, uh, based on, the, obviously it's all about setting the world of advertising revenues from the TV. Yeah. Uh, it would be called We'll Be Back After These Important Massacres. Oh, that's good. That's very good. Either one's great. Again, it's another reference that you'd have to be our age to fully appreciate. But <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, Steve Hall, thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you. And if you do get a chance to go and see Steve, go and see him. He's great. Um, but I'll speak to you soon. Nice one. See you oh, soon. Bye. I walked in darkness and clouds covered me. I had no idea where the way out would be. Then came the sunrise and rolled back the night.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.